Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit PainesvilleAG.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith. Turmoil. That's a word that accurately describes our present day, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, whether it's another shooting or act of violence in some way, or whether it is fires in Canada with billowing smoke across Canada and the upper part of the U.S., or whether it's the fires in Maui or the devastation that, uh, that continues to happen in homes and destruction. And by the way, if you uh, would like to help give towards something like that, Convoy of Hope uh, is a great outlet. They are working to help uh, provide for those in Maui that have uh, just been uh, devastated by those fires. And so if you go to convoyofhope.org, um, you'll be able to, to, to see there how you can support and how you can uh, be a part of that giving. Uh, but at the same time, it seems like that there is all a new reports every day of devastation or carnage or some kind of problem or some kind of conflict somewhere. In fact, our world is rife with war and terrorism and crime. And uh, closer to home, oftentimes we see conflict in work situations or maybe we get overwhelmed by certain demands or expectations. And then there's this thing called inner conflict, perhaps in your home. Or maybe just uh, within yourself. Sometimes within marriages, you, you wonder if marriages uh, weren't, uh, somebody didn't go before the Secretary of Defense uh, when they came to consummate their marriage uh, instead of uh, the justice of the peace. There's a battleground, right, in the home. And, uh, and there's a battleground in our own soul. And uh, this happens within yourself. Sometimes it's not outward where you can see, but you know the inner turmoil that sometimes can take place within. Perhaps it's your own pain, your own anxiety, your own battle with depression. Maybe it's regret that can keep you up at night, that can eat away at you. And, uh, and, and there's this unsettled ache within, this war within. And whether it's in the heart, whether it's in the home, whether it's at work, or whether it's within our world, there is uh, oftentimes uh, an overwhelming sense of turmoil. And so where do you go? How do you find peace? Sometimes the burdens of emotions and finances just begin to weigh us down and keep us with these pressures and, and lim limit our ability to be able to cope. Some people don't use the word turmoil. In fact, when they describe certain situations, they say, boy, there's just a lot of drama. <laughs> you got a lot of drama <laughs> that's going on? Our lives are full of drama. People's lives are full of drama. How do we get rid of it? Sometimes things get so bad that it just, uh, it, it impacts certain emotional, mental disorders uh, as well. People look for escape in certain ways and uh, look for ways to be able to numb the pain or remove the anguish, anything to be able to take hold of some type of momentary sense of peace. And even though we experience turmoil on so many levels in our contemporary world, turmoil is nothing new. In fact, throughout scripture, 
Uh, you see battles throughout Scripture. You see turmoil, whether it's in God's people in the Old Testament, the Israelites, or whether it's conflict within the New Testament church, whether it's something that is happening uh, just within the lives of people. You can see that throughout Scripture and throughout uh, various cultures uh, uh, over the ages, there has just been this battle uh, and turmoil and so uh, this lack of peace. But I want you to know that God has a name for that. God has a name for that, which we're going to get to know today. And it speaks to our need for calm, for security, and for stability. In fact, it's the name Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, meaning the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. Peace. Now, many places in Scripture serve as a, a backdrop for understanding this name, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. But there's only one place in the entire Bible where this name for God is used, where this is a name that is uttered by someone in Scripture naming a particular place, the Lord is peace. And it's found in Judges chapter 6. So if you have a copy of God's Word today, uh, go ahead and open it up to Judges chapter 6. We're going to have the Scriptures up on the PowerPoint as well. Or if you have the Church Center app, you can look under the More tab and there's sermon notes there. And you can follow along clicking the link there. It'll take you over. And uh, if you've got Version Bible app, it opens it right up in the Version Bible app for you to be able to follow along with the sermon notes. Judges chapter 6, starting in verse 22, and it says, When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. And so Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace, Jehovah Shalom. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abizarites. Try to understand why Gideon would, would call this place the Lord is peace. How do, you, how do we begin to understand that? Well, to do that, you need to, you need to know the context of what's happening both within Gideon's life and within the Israelites. God's name that we're going to look at today speaks about peace and calm. And as we've been seeing throughout this series, hello, my name is, as we've been looking at the covenant names of God, they, they reveal God's nature and God's character and oftentimes a destiny that he has. And his nature is oftentimes revealed to someone or perhaps to the nation, the nation of Israelite themselves, Israelites themselves. And that name is revealed in a time of crisis. In fact, it's oftentimes in a time of crisis. It's often in those difficult times, in those challenging times when we begin to see another aspect or a new aspect of God's character and his nature and who he is. And every time we meet God in that moment of crisis, we press in and we get to know another part of who he is. In fact, the revelation of Jehovah Shalom was given to Gideon during a season of fear when his very faith happened to be waning. When he was struggling in his faith, when there was turmoil in his nation, in his tribe, in his family, and within him personally. 
And so today we're going to see that in the midst of all of that turmoil and all of that topsy-turvy upside down, that God shows up and meets Gideon where he is at. And Gideon's response is, man, the Lord is peace. Is there anybody in here this morning that perhaps you need to know Jehovah Shalom? You need peace in your life. Well, I've got good news today. See, Judges chapter 5 ends by telling us what's going on. Then the land had peace for 40 years. The land had peace for 40 years. And then after that 40-year period, something happened. Something happened that impacted their peace. Enemies began to attack. Perhaps uh, that, that, you know, your experience a season of peace. You know, the bills are paid and the kids are behaving and business is good. Everything's coming up roses. We have seasons like that. And then out of the blue, here comes this attack. Everything all of a sudden uh, just turns upside down. Well, what happened? What caused that? Well, the Israelites during that season of peace began to feel a little bit of self-sufficiency. And they began to, 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 to say, you know, I don't know if we need God. We can rely on ourselves. And they got a little complacent in their faith and they drifted back into idolatry and they began worshiping the idols of Baal and they began sacrificing to the goddess of Ashtoreth whom the other nations around them had worshiped. In other words, they drifted into compromise like everybody else around them and as a result of that, they began to lose their peace. It says this in Judges chapter 6, if we go back to the beginning of the chapter in verse 1, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters themselves in mountains, clefts, caves, and strongholds. And whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and Amalekites, remember we talked about them last week, and other Eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and they ruined their crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor nor cattle, nor donkeys. And they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts, and it was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. To ravage it. And so all of a sudden, 40 years of peace turned into seven years of terror and turmoil for Israel as these enemies, the Midianites and the Amalekites and other Eastern peoples every year at harvest time would begin to descend like bullies and they would say, you did all of this work, you raised all of these crops and guess what? We're going to take it from you. We're going to ravage it from you. And immediately they're thrust into this, this, this sense, into this area of turmoil. Forty years of peace is gone. It's gone. Verse 5 tells us that it was impossible to count because they were like swarms of locusts. And when they came up their li with their livestock and set up their tents, they would descend upon the crops and they would begin to just devour everything. And so what would happen is, again, every harvest time, and so the Israelites decided, you know what? 
we're going we're gonna to figure out how we can, we can get this peace back and we can, we can take care of it ourselves. And, uh, and so verse 2 tells us that the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountain clefts and the caves and in the strongholds. They said, you know what, we're lacking peace. So you know what, this has happened to us and we don't want it to happen again. And so we know our harvest is coming. So we're going to gather everything that we can, all that we can hold. Now we can't get it all, but we're going to take what we can and we're going to, we're going to load it up and we're going to go up into the mountains, into the clefts and, and, and we're going to gather all that, just what we have. And then when the Midianites come, they'll just ravage what else is left, but at least we'll have something. At least we'll have something. And year after year, they would hide away as their enemies invaded and stripped and, and ravaged the land. And fear ruled the day because Midian made them poverty stricken. In fact, Judges 6.6 6 tells us that Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. They cried out to the Lord for help. Why did it take them seven years to cry out to the Lord for help? Why did they wait so long? Why do we, in the midst of turmoil or when we begin to lack peace in our lives, why is the last resort rather than the first resort to cry out to the Lord? They began to, to cry out to the Lord. They couldn't take it any longer. God, you got to fix things. You got to fix the pain. You got to fix what's going on. God, where have you been? Right? Let me give you three reasons why oftentimes we experience a lack of peace. We're going to go through these quickly. Number one, we're living in disobedience to the Lord. For Israel, God doesn't send relief at first. In fact, verse uh, 7 tells us that God sent a prophet to them. This is what it says. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. And I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. In response to their crying out to God for help, God sends them a prophet who tells them, listen, the problem is and the reason that you lack peace in your life is because you have been living in disobedience to me. You have begun to rely on the, on the gods and the idols in the land in which you live and you have not been trusting in me. I am the Lord your God. I am the one that gave you this land. I'm the one that sets you free from the Egyptians. I'm the one that brought you in and you have forgotten me and you have begun to live in disobedience to me and as a result of that, you lack peace. You lack peace. Now, I'm not going to say that every situation in our lives where we are struggling with turmoil or where, where there is a lack of peace is because we're living in disobedience to the Lord. But I will say that as you begin to take a look at your life and you say, why is there a lack of peace in my life? Oftentimes, the first place to self-reflect, the first place to take a look is, am I living in disobedience to the Lord? Am I living in disobedience to the Lord? 
Because when we begin to live, live in disobedience to the Lord, when we begin to, to live outside of what, what he has purposed in his word, what he has told us in his word, what he has shared with us in his word, the principles that he has given us, when we begin to live outside of those things, when we begin to trust in ourselves rather than trusting in him, we can, I can almost guarantee you that you will lack peace. That you will lack peace. There's not only conflict within the nation, but friends, there's conflict within Gideon. And that conflict within Gideon uh, begins to, to show up here in verse 11. And it says this in verse 11 and 12. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak at Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And so here we are, seven years in. This has been happening over and over and over again, this conflict. It's harvest season. The Israelites knew that the Midianites were coming. They had done it year after year after year. And so normally you'd thresh wheat, you take it out on a flat stone. I've shared this before in the open when the wind is blowing and, uh, and, and you would begin to work at it and, and, and then you'd throw it up in the air. The wind would blow, would blow away the shaft and you'd have, uh, you'd, you'd have the wheat that was left. You, 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 would, you would do that. A wine press was no place to thresh wheat. A wine press was a carved out stone in which uh, you would get inside, you'd put the grapes in, and then oftentimes uh, you or the maidens in your area would come in and they would begin to stomp on the grapes and, and it would begin to press the grapes down and the juice would begin to flow out of, uh, of the grapes and, and you'd press it all the way down till the juice came out. This was this, uh, 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 this situation where you take a look at what Gideon's doing of threshing wheat in a wine press was like trying to, to, to drive in a nail with a screwdriver. While it might be possible, it's a lot more difficult. While it might be possible, it's a lot more difficult, isn't it? And that's what oftentimes happens in the midst of conflict in the midst of fear, in the midst of turmoil, things that, that we should be done where things ought to be moving smoothly or things ought to be going, now all of a sudden take more effort and more work and you find yourself doing things in a way that is much more difficult than it is easy. Doing it the hard way. And that's where Gideon is at. Gideon lacks peace. And in answer to that question, why did Gideon lack peace, brings us to the second reason we can lack peace. And oftentimes it's because our view of our present circumstances is larger than our view of God. Our view of our present circumstances is larger or bigger than our view of God. Judges chapter 6 and verse 13, we see it in Gideon's response to the angel of the Lord who shows up and, uh, and says, uh, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon says, pardon me, my Lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all of his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Isn't that what the prophet told them? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Gideon is struggling with peace. Gideon is struggling to be able to see God at work in his situation, in his circumstances. 
in his view, God has abandoned them or God is small or God doesn't care or God isn't around. In his view, God isn't present and he is not the answer. He feels as if God of the past who delivered them out of Egypt might have done that then, but he's not present with them now. He's not present with them now. His present circumstances and the power of the Midianite army seems to block his view of who God is. And isn't that, isn't that oftentimes the case when we're experiencing turmoil? When we're experiencing difficulty? When we begin to experience a lack of peace for whatever reason, isn't it easy to begin to focus on, on, on what's causing the problem than it is to focus on the magnitude of our God? It's so easy to get caught up in the problem. It's so easy to see the problem. It's so easy to focus on, on, on the problem that is overwhelming us, on the problem that is happening, on, the, on the, what's causing our lack of peace than it is to focus on the Lord who is peace. The Lord shows up and says, Gideon, I'm with you and I'm calling you. And he calls him mighty warrior, but Gideon can't receive that and can't see that. The Lord is with you. Oh no, the Lord is not with us. The Lord has abandoned us. The Lord has abandoned us. The enemy wants you to think that God's against you and that he's abandoned you. And, and he introduces these lies into our minds and our hearts. And when we begin to believe these lies, we begin to lack peace within our heart and our life. Number three, I think a third reason we sometimes lack peace, and I think it goes along with, with some of the others at times, is that we can struggle with personal insecurity. We can struggle with personal insecurity. Often our struggles, our battles, our conflicts can lead us to begin to question our own abilities, to begin to feel defeated, to begin to feel inadequate, to begin to feel as if there's nothing that we can do that will change our present circumstances, that there's, there's, there's nothing within our power. We, we struggle to see the light. We struggle to see the hope or the light at the end of the tunnel. Anybody ever been there before? And that'll cause a lack of peace, won't it? When you have a lack of hope, when you can't see the other side, when you're, when you're not quite sure and you take a look at your own ability and you take a look at your own resources and you take a look at, at where you are, you say, I, 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 I just don't see any way out of this. I don't know how I'm supposed to deal with this. That's how, that's how Gideon felt. Verse 14, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? So his response to Gideon saying, hey, the Lord has abandoned us. The Lord's not with us. I don't know where God is, 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 is for the Lord to say, you know what? I'm, I'm sending you. You go in the strength you have. <coughs> Here's Gideon's reply. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. You know, you're saying, you're saying, Gideon, you're mighty warrior. <laughs> I don't see it. You're saying, Gideon, you said the Lord has abandoned us. I'm saying, Gideon, just go in the strength you have. What strength do I have? I'm the least. What are you talking about? I got nothing. I, I got nothing to bring. I, I'm not your answer in this situation. I'm not the one that can, that can handle, I'm not the one that can, that can do this. I, I don't know why, I don't know, I, I don't see it in myself. Gideon was fearful. He was insecure. 
And to be quite frank, when he was, he was, he was there in the wine press threshing wheat, he, he was trying to hide under the radar. Saying, just let me hide under the radar. I don't, don't bring me out. Don't bring me up to the front. I, I, I'm just hiding under the radar. His approach to peace was to stay out of the conflict, to stay hidden. I'm just minding my own business. What are you bringing me up for? Yeah, he was frustrated with what the Midianites were doing, but he also had found a way to cope. And can I say that sometimes when you're facing inner turmoil, God wants to bring you peace in the inner turmoil, and sometimes you're just trying to cope. You're just trying to cope. I'm just trying to cope. I just, I don't know about all that. I'm just trying to cope. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to stay where I'm at. See, Gideon lacked peace in his life, and it's seen through his personal insecurity. He struggled with himself, and he struggled how, his, how he saw the Lord. And what was the Lord's response to Gideon's insecurity? I think this is the, the key that leads to peace. I think it's the key that leads to peace. So these are three reasons why we lack peace. But, but let me just share with you the key that brings peace back into our heart and life. Let me just share with you the key. It's verse 16. The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you're going to strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. I, th- I think simply put, the answer to the peace is to remember the Lord's words, I will be with you. I will be with you. Hey, Gideon, go in the strength you have. Hey, I'm the least in my family. I'm the, I'm my family's, I'm the least. My family's the least. I'm fearful. I'm insecure. And the Lord says, none of that matters. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Right? I'm with you. God didn't respond by saying, you know what? I'm going to make you stronger. Now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you stronger. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the strength of Samson. Samson hadn't even come up yet. That's later in Judges, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you the strength of Samson. No, he didn't, he didn't give Gideon the strength of Samson. In fact, later on in the story, when you see what he did, when, when all of these people, when Gideon is rallying all of these troops and they come, God says, no, 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 you got way too many. And he says, wait a minute, God, what do you mean way too many? Don't you see the other army? See how big they are? God says, no, 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 you got way too many. Anybody who's fearful, send them home. And then a bunch left. And he's left with like 600. And he says, I want you to take them down. And whoever scoops up water like this, or if they put their head down and they're drinking it up, I forget which one is one of those two. I don't have it memorized. But, but he says, whoever does that, just send them home. They're, they're done. And he was left with 300 to face a huge army. Can you imagine? You see, it wasn't, it, it, it wasn't about, it wasn't about the numbers and it wasn't about the strength of the army and it wasn't about the strength of Gideon or the wisdom of Gideon. Gideon wasn't even a, he, he wasn't even a general. He wasn't even a, a military guru. He was just somebody off threshing wheat and a wine press who was fearful and trying to cope with his fear and his insecurity. Somebody who was just trying to, to just, just bare minimum make it happen. And God says, no, no, no. I don't want you afraid anymore. I don't want you in fear anymore. I don't want you lacking peace anymore. And I don't want the nation of Israel to lack peace. I've, I've heard their cry. I've heard their prayers and Gideon, I'm sending you not in strength that I'm giving you, but in the strength you have. And when you begin to obey me, you're going to find something. And that is, I am with you. I am with you and my presence with you is way more than any strength or resources I can give you. 
My strength is I am with you. I am with you. Now Gideon, Gideon's struggling to believe this. You ever struggle to believe that? God says, I am with you. I'm preaching it right now. And there are some of you going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe God's with you, but he's not with me. I guarantee you, there are some of you sitting there, you're arguing like, yeah, 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 that's in the Bible. But you know what? I don't see God in my situation. I don't see that God is with me. You know what? You are not alone. That was Gideon. Gideon was struggling with that. And, and so one of the things that they, they oftentimes do, whether it was whatever gods they were worshiping, they would bring an offering. And if the offering was accepted, they would, they would know that, 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 that God was with them, that they weren't just making it up. They weren't just having a conversation. You have to understand that at the time, Gideon's not recognizing that it's the, that it's the Lord that he's talking to. He's not, he's not necessarily recognizing that. He's having a, a conversation and there's not a recognition. We're going to see that in just a moment. But, but he, so Gideon prepares a meal offering. Here's verse 17. Gideon replied, if I have now found favor in your eyes, give me a sign. I need a sign. Anybody ask for a sign? Yeah, and if you know anything about Gideon, he's all about signs. He lays out a fleece later on to know if it's the Lord and whether there's dew on it, you know, and the ground is dry or whether the, the ground is wet with dew and the, and the fleece is dry. He does that later. Gideon's always looking for a sign. I mean, is there some of you always looking for a sign? You're just lacking peace and lacking trust in the present, looking for a sign. Gideon's looking for a sign. And so if I found favor, give me a sign. It's really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, you know what? I'll wait until your return. I got to be honest with you. God is patient. God is patient. Can, can I just share that? God is patient. I'm so glad God is patient because I'm a knucklehead sometimes. I really don't get it the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time. Sometimes I, I'm just so glad that God is patient. Anybody else, you'd say, I'm a knucklehead too, pastor. You're not alone. Thank you. I'm so glad I'm not alone. I'm so glad I'm not alone. So I'm just so glad for God's patience. Gideon, man, Lord, uh, you know, can you just wait? <laughs> Lord, I'll wait until you return. <laughs> right? I'll wait until you return. And, and, and here's what happens. Gideon then prepares this meal offering for the Lord. He gets it all ready. He brings it back and, and he wants to see, Lord, are you going to accept this offering? In verse 20, the angel of the Lord God said to him, take the meat, the unleavened bread, place it on the rock, pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat with the unleavened bread and with the tip of the staff that was in his hand and fire flared from the rock and consumed the meat and the bread and the angel of the Lord disappeared. And then that's when we get to the place that we read when we opened the Gideon when Gideon realized it was the angel of the Lord, remember I said he wasn't recognizing who was speaking to him. He wasn't accepting and receiving the word that was from the Lord. But when he realized, when he realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, ah, oh, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord there and called it the Lord his peace. In that moment when he began to offer, when he began to offer an offering to the Lord, when he began to take that step and say, you know what, I'm going I'm to give an offering to the Lord. And you could do that a number of different ways. 
Sometimes it is an offering. Sometimes it's, Lord, I'm going to test you in my finances because that's where I'm lacking peace in my life is I'm not trusting you in the area of my finances. But you know what? I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to tithe and I'm going to trust you. And, and that's when you begin to see the Lord begin to provide and you go, oh, alas, Lord, I trust you. I see how your provision has, has met my need, right? Sometimes it, it's in other areas where it might just be, you know what, Lord, in the midst of this, I don't see where you're at work. I don't see where there's victory, but you know what? I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to stop and I'm going to praise you anyway. I'm going to stop and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to worship you anyway. Sometimes it might be in an area where you're in disobedience to the Lord and you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put myself on the altar. Like Romans chapter 12 says, where I'm going to, I'm going to be a living sacrifice and, and I'm going to begin to obey you in this area and I'm going to begin to trust you and I'm going to see what you do in response. And it's in those moments when we begin to bring ourselves to the Lord, we begin to bring an offering of worship to the Lord. We begin to come and we say, God, here I am. God, I lift up my hands. God, I don't know where else to turn. God, I'm just, I'm going to offer you what I have. I'm going to go in the strength I have. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you're, what you're challenging me to do. In those moments, when you take a step towards God, God takes a step towards you and you will discover in those moments, the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. The Lord's peace. And Gideon found peace between himself and the Lord. What is peace? What is this Jehovah Shalom? What does that mean? The word Shalom, I say Shalom, the Shalom. The word Shalom means wholeness completeness, well-being, having things properly aligned and ordered. No more drama. No more drama. Harmony and balance. It's more than just feeling good in the moment. How many of you know happiness oftentimes depends on circumstances? When your circumstances are good, you're happy. When your circumstances are bad, you're unhappy. There are people that can govern your happiness. If they give you information that you found is, is really good, hey, by the way, you're getting a bonus at work you didn't experience. Hey, look at this. You're get, you know, hey, don't worry. This debt is paid. How many of you know all of a sudden, man, I am happy, 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 right? I'm going to save you a bunch of money on car insurance. I don't know that why that came to mind. Happy, happy. Then somebody comes to you and they're just giving you bad news. Like a doctor walks in and all of a sudden the test didn't come back the way you expected. Or your boss comes in and says, you know what, there's just not enough work. We have to lay you off. And all of a sudden your happiness can be controlled because of your circumstances. But peace is, is not the same as happiness. The, the word shalom that, that is there is that is wishing you a wholeness and a completeness that goes way beyond the circumstances that are happening around us. I want you to know that at this point, no battle has been won. At this point in Gideon's life, no battle has been won. 
They, they have not been released out of the oppressive hand of the Midianites. Yes, that is something that God was promising to do through Gideon, but it was not something that had taken place at this point. Gideon, knowing the Lord is peace, found that the Lord is peace, not because his outward circumstances changed, but because he began to, to accept and realize and know deep down inside, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. This, this well-being is regardless of circumstances. It's a peace that is stable and calm and orderly. It's a rest within. It's a rest within. Let me use an illustration I've used before. Couldn't find a better one. I'm sorry. So if you've heard this because you've been here before, it'll be a nice reminder to you. <laughs> There were two artists one day that were requisitioned to paint a picture of peace. And the one who would, who, would, who would just detail out and paint the picture that most represented peace was going to receive a, a, a reward of $250,000. I mean, oh, that's a lot of money. So both painters were excited, as you can imagine, and they began to, to work away at their painting to try to, to, to make the finest, the finest painting they could of peace. The first painter set to work creating a serene portrait of a, a lake with the sun glistening off of it at just the right angle. It sparkled all across the top of the water, the purest blue shade laid across the top of the water, complementing the wonderfully blue sky. And there was an artist, then she, the artist then added a young girl who was skipping near the lake with a yellow balloon that was fastened to her, her wrist. And, and the trees towered gracefully on one side of the lake while the birds gathering in their tallest branches. And after completing his painting, the, the painter leaned back. He took a deep breath of satisfaction. He said, wow, when I look at that, that is peace. That is peace. I am so sure I'm going to win the prize. The second artist had a very different idea in mind. When he painted his image, it was the painting of a sky that was pitch black. Lightning zigzagged across the painting through the air in unpredictable movements. The painter also had water, but the waves in his painting roared as if they were somehow awakened by a terrible dream. Trees bent and bowed, whining, whining in the wind. The painting looked more like a portrait of a disaster. But all the way down in the bottom on the left-hand side, just near the edge of, uh, of this horrific scene, there was a little bird who stood on a rock singing. His mouth was open and just singing a beautiful song. And there was a faint light that shone down on the bird as it sung in spite of the situation all around it. The second painter presented his painting in the competition the judges took time and, and looked over the painting and they chose the second artist as the one who exhibited the true manifestation of peace, a well-being that resonates regardless of the circumstances that are happening around. You see, Shalom, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace, isn't concerned necessarily with all of the circumstances that are happening around you. Because when he is with you, he will take care of you in the midst of those circumstances. He'll take care of you in the midst of those circumstances. And we know that by the other names that we, we know that we've already talked about. 
When, when your world is turned upside down and you, your finances and you don't know where things are going to come from, we've already seen that the Lord shows up as what? Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. And when you are in need of healing and when you are struggling with, with healing and need of healing, whether that is physical, emotional, mental, whatever that healing that you need in your life is, how many of you know the Lord shows up as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord's your healer? And, and, and in your life, when there is sin that blocks your relationship with God, you know that it's the Lord, Jehovah Sadiqe, who shows up as the Lord, your righteousness. That it's not your righteousness, but his righteousness. And when you face impossible situations, you know that he shows up as El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. The Lord Almighty. You see, now we see that here the Lord is peace means that the Lord is with you, that he is with you. Or maybe Jehovah Rophi, the Lord, your shepherd who will guide you when you don't know where you're going. And that's what David found when he said, oh, the Lord is my shepherd. And he leads me beside the still waters. Oh, right? He restores my soul. Come on, I heard it. Right? That's the Lord. And so the that what we find is, is that the Lord is peace is not a matter of our outward circumstances and what's happening on the outside, but that we know the Lord is peace on the inside. Jehovah Shalom. Jesus said it clearly in John 16, 33. I've told you these things that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. You can expect bad days, bad months, bad weeks. It's going to happen in this life. But when it comes along, when it, when it comes along, what we need to know is, is it the Lord with me? Is the Lord with me? Is the Lord with me? And when you know that the Lord is with you, there is a peace that you have internally that governs your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When you know that the Lord is with you, the anxiety begins to melt away because you begin to discover what Gideon discovered, and that is the Lord is peace. Jehovah Shalom. Worship team, will you come? How do we enter into that? How do we enter into this name of God? How do we enter into Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace? We enter by standing firm in our faith to stay connected to Jesus. We, we, begin, to, we begin to do what Peter said as Peter was walking on the water. And, 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 and if you remember that he got out, he's walking on the water. And, and as long as he kept his focus on Christ, as long as he kept his focus on Jesus, what happened? He was able to, to walk on the water, but the moment he got distracted by the wind and the waves, the moment the circumstances began to grab his attention more than Jesus did, is the moment he began to, to wrestle in his faith and he began to sink. Friends, some of you are in that place where you've got to cry out like Peter did, and you've got to get your focus off of your circumstances and your focus back on Jesus and find the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. Shalom tells us that the secret to victory in our lives and the peace that we find is the presence of Christ. It's why Jesus invited in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Some of you need rest for your soul. 
Some of you need peace in the midst of the circumstances that continue to swirl about you. And can I invite you today that that peace is found not in your circumstances changing, but in your outlook changing as you begin to recognize the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. Do you need peace today in your life? Do you need peace today in your heart? Then I want to invite you to come and experience the Lord who is peace. The Lord, Jehovah Shalom, who is peace. Let's bow our heads. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.